Good morning, good morning, good morning. Today is Thursday. Oh gosh, what is Thursday? It's the 17th of October. Today, sitting to do my channeling Amelin process, I'm challenged. Because a lot of times when I sit, I can have an expectation. And while that expectation does deliver what I'm looking for a lot of times, coming in with out an agenda, I guess, is I'm just up, the day is going to start, I have things to do. I'm not necessarily tied to anything. I will say the one pain point that keeps coming up is the length of the journey. <laughs> so sometimes, depending on my perception and my comparison, so what am I comparing that which I'm looking at to determines its meaning, right? So looking at the length of the journey, when I look at doing something this morning, right? Just one action. And I compare it to 120 years of action. One action seems extremely insignificant, right? The comparison of a lot to a little makes that which is little a huge, seem, you know, intensely little. The, the contrast between the two things you compare determine the emotionality um, and the meaning between it. So, this morning, how big is my, my canal between expectations and reality? Um, what expectations am I holding? I often get into this questioning phase of how long do I have to do this? When does this get easy? I do not enjoy the discomfort of creating something new. Um, I love creating, but the resistance is what I struggle with. The resistance in um, not having clarity. There's moments of resistance. The resistance against an old belief that pops up that does not lead me to my intended destination. Um, the resistance of expectation of how long the process will be and whether it will be enjoyable or not. And that's what I'm looking at where I'm at compared to what I have to get done. So this morning... As I sit here now, I do feel some discomfort, but I'm torn because on one side, I'm like, I have a lot of gratitude that I started this process when I did because I could have just keep play kept playing my life the way I was, distracting myself. And it's kind of like finally getting into the gym. Right, So I was hanging out in the fast food restaurant across the street. And um, finally, I was like, all right, let's get into this gym. And then I got in the gym and now I'm, look I'm in the gym going, crap, I have to stay here forever. Oh, that's it. That forever just kills me. Because I know that this is a practice that will be my entire lifetime. Ooh, that... That triggers a, a definite 
anxiety. I don't want to do anything my entire lifetime. Like, breathe, maybe. Eat. But not even the same food and probably not even the same pattern of breath. So do I have to do this channeling process forever? When does it get easy? These are the questions that are coming up, right? When does this process get easy? I'm tired of sitting with myself sometimes, to be honest. I ask, what's the point? Right? I get frustrated. I'm like, why am I doing this? And then I remember this is my purpose. This is my path. I definitely know that this is what I should be doing. I can feel it in my bones. You know what I mean? I can feel the calling to do it when I don't want to do it. I can feel the um, the inner guide, I guess, of me saying, come on, come on, we're going to do it. Come on. And I'm just fighting myself in resistance to what my highest self wants. Um, it's not like somebody else is telling me, come on, Emily, you got to go to the gym or whatever. It's me saying it, but it's the spiritual gym of working out the relationship with myself. It's almost like if I was a coach for myself and I was coming in in this energy, I guess I would say I have options of changing the experience or writing through the experience. But the experience is going to happen, any experience. And there's diversity in them. So if I only want some and not others, the ones I don't want, I'm going to resist through. But they're still going to happen because the wind still blows, the leaves still change colors and fall to the earth, and the wind picks them up, right? So there's like this um, processes of events that happens outside of you no matter what. So I'm going to tell what the channeling process is, and then I'm just going to get in because... Sometimes I don't have as much to ramble and process. I just need to do the work. So, channeling process is an organically created process and an attempt to live my most highest expression of self, authentic living, um, fulfilling my purpose, um, owning my experiences, and... Um, just loving life, right? Enjoying this gift of life that I've been given and finding a way to play this video game in an enjoyable, meaningful process. This video game of life. So um, the visualization process was created throughout time um, working with Teresa. My friend and I, we would just play. We would sit down and spend time with ourselves. I would channel. So basically what channeling for me is, is I narrate that which comes through me. Um, and I allow it to come through me because I surrender into it. I don't allow my logical brain to play a part in, um, in making the meaning. I remove my ego and I just focus on what truly is presenting itself to me. And then I call forth um, any wisdom that I have within me. I mean, we can always answer our own questions. We have all the capability, all the data. We have everything we need in this life to be um, highly 
um, expressive, happy, grateful, um, successful, everything. So the channeling process is a visualization to call forth that power from the inside. And I use a visualization of a tree. That's what just came to me. And there's certain parts that I work with. And that's the process that I'm trying to get clarity and, um, and then share with others. And that's why I do this all the time. It's like, this will be my process. And if this process is so productive for myself, which it has been, um, now I guess I've been doing it, oh, almost two years. But um, I will, I'm trying to, or I am not trying to, this is what I'm doing, is to pass this process on to others. So it begins with roots of a tree, a visualization of a roots of a tree. And I am sitting in the middle of that tree. The roots come down through my butt, like if I'm sitting um, cross-legged. And then I visualize the roots of the tree kind of coming through me into the ground. And um, those roots wind around the trees that are next to me, all the other trees, and then moss covers those roots. Now, what this signifies, what you ground into is your understanding of the meaning of life. Why the heck are you here? Um, what are you returning to? So when we talk to our highest expression of self, it's the self that lives in the world that we define. So how I define the world that I'm grounding into to return to is my purpose is to help humanity evolve and evolve in terms of consciousness, not in terms of physicality. Mine, mine are in, in the mind. So my purpose is to help humanity evolve by connecting with them. And communication is my um, method, which is the moss. For many, <laughs> many years, I would say at least three years in the middle of my transformation, I did not ground myself. I just allowed myself to flow into my highest consciousness and stay there. But then I lost meaning in living my life. I mean, I was enjoying living my expression. I just wasn't grounded into why I was here. It was just, you know, la la land. I was in the cosmos. I could interact in the world, but I didn't really connect with anything, right? So if you wanted to go to lunch with me, I'm like, lunch, why lunch? What's the purpose of lunch? Lunch is just a futile um, activity. You know, there's this just like, lack of attachment to anything, no meaning. It was, I wasn't grounded into life. I was just existential in the cosmos. You would talk to me and I would be there, but I wasn't really connected to what the heck you were doing, you know, because I didn't really have a true connection to this earth anymore. I was just floating, just existing. And I don't know if that's going to be the process for everybody. If there's these times of disconnecting from your old story where your new story hasn't created yet and you kind of float out there. But when I started to ground, then I, in my day-to-day -day life, I started to get more connected to a purpose, um, a purpose of others. Again, my meaning on this planet is the only reason why I exist is for my experiences and the experiences of others and our evolution. I ground in, I ground my roots into the ground. I ground them. I dig my roots into the ground, grounding myself. 
And then through my body, I am the trunk of the tree. And that represents that I am the channel that goes from the earth purpose into my highest expression of self. Okay, so that's what that represents, me being the tree. And when I'm in the highest expression of myself, I have different work workstations that I go through. The first one is getting rooted out of my human story I had to dig into what stories I had created. And sometimes that was a difficult process. I didn't want to face them because we, I ran from fear or I ran from pain. So if there was something that happened in my life that I didn't deal with it, I just buried it like it didn't even exist and I kept moving on. So I had to go unbury those, um, what I call unfinished business and deal with that in my highest self, right? So I, I unpacked it like you would in therapy, but I'm going to therapy with myself, right? So like if you go for help from somebody else, you want them to hold space for you, allow you the, the space and the um, non-judgmental, the unconditional love to do your work. So I was working with Teresa, my friend, in real life, but I couldn't do it on my own. So in my imagination, I brought her with her, me. So her gifts in real life is she can hold space. She provides unconditional love. She can be an encourager without an, an, um, an agenda. So I brought Teresa into my imagination. And um, she represents... In my visualization, how I see her as a Native, a Native American woman sitting in a rocking chair on a porch in the middle of the desert. Now, she's not Native American in real life. It just has to tie somehow with my Natives um, being teachers, like the original um, teachers of humanity were those that were here first. And... Um, and that's how I see her. And I see her in the boughs of, of the tree. So the roots ground me into the purpose of, of my living. The trunk of the tree is my channel. That is what I am. I, I am a channel to the highest expression of who, of me, of Amalyn. And then um, in the branches of the trees and the leaves, which come out of like where my eyeballs are, like right there is where all these branches start sprouting out and then it becomes like a round tree leaves and treetop okay on the left hand side is where i have Teresa. it's just like a little bubble and she just kind of sits there and then um i receive messages if i go into something i don't want to or i have resistance she will take apart so i allow that space and and that's kind of like where I take over using the imagination energy of her, if that makes sense, um, how to explain it. Then um, in the middle of the my tree, trop, tree top, eh, I have um, what I call the space of creation. This is where my visions really show. It's like right between my eyebrows. I see things. Um, this is not the only way that the channeling process happens. Um, Teresa does not see things. She feels things, knows things. Um, Carolyn was definitely an emotional. She felt emotional things. Um, I don't feel... I guess I, I see. That's mine. Is Once I can see something, I narrate it as if I'm watching a movie or if I'm looking at a picture. And that's how I make meaning. Is As I start narrating, I disconnect my brain. I am not seeking to find the meaning. I'm just reading it and it will come out, if that makes sense. 
So my space of creation is where I don't have any judgments of what shows. I just accept and I narrate it. And that's how this podcast actually gets created is just me narrating that space. Um, and then the rambling around the process. <laughs> On the right hand side um, of my tree trap, tree top. Why can't I see tree top, tree top, tree top? <laughs> On the right hand side, I have what I call my council. And that's who I go to for my answers. Now, um, you could go to yourself. You could go to your, like, the highest expression of who you are. You could see that. Um, you could see an ascended master, um, like a religious figure there. Um, I don't know, a Buddha, a Jesus, uh, somebody that heads your belief system with your religion. You might see a loved one um, that you confided in, that you trust, um, that has passed over, or even one that's living. Um, you can have an animal. You can have anything. But what this space is for is to surrender into something. Know that the answers are out there apart from your ego. Because your ego is what says we don't have the answers. Your ego is what um, asks the questions. But your um, highest expression of self is where the answers come. So I created this council in order to receive my answers. It's funny because I'm not religious. So um, I actually have a lot of biases. I'm still trying to release around trying to. I need to just say I'm releasing around um, religion. I, tr I try. I keep saying try. And that's only because I failed so many times and I keep getting back up. Um, this is a space of unconditional love. And in your highest good, nothing from this space can um, bring you negative information, um, advice, um, judgments, any of that. It's like, like if you were talking with an unconditional loving parent. And then um, above my council, so I have my council, my space of creation, I have Teresa. Teresa holds space, encourages me when I'm like, I don't want to do that. She's that voice that says, come on, you can do it. Get to the back of the boat. Don't drink the waterfall. All these little like um, encouraging ideas. The space of creation is where the visions show up. The council is who I ask my questions to and I allow whatever comes through. It's kind of like, you know, who do you pray to? And then you listen, right? That's what prayer is, is you ask questions or you go in and, and surrender whatever you're struggling with. And then you just sit in the quiet and the answers come in the quiet and they come in my space of creation. Above the tree trap, I have my connection to my expression. I understand that I am an expression of all that is. So um, I use science, I use philosophy, I use um, aspects of spirituality, but I am part of this universe. I'm just an expression of it. The same way that an ant is, same way as a bird is, same way as, um, you know, any person on this planet. We're an expression of something. We are a part of all that is. And I remember that by having this light above my head in my visualization that goes into like this little portal, this little circle portal. And if I put my attention up that light into that portal, I will get into the space of meditation. And that space of meditation is nothingness and everything. You don't have contrast. You can't make choices. It just is. Um, it's our human experience that gives us choices. That's our free will. That's the whole point of this game is to experience the contrast of when something exists, all the other possibilities disappear until you open it up and choose another one. And that's that duality. 
And, um, and I am an expression of all of that. So nothing I can do is wrong. It's just an experience, just an expression. And I have that space to remember because sometimes you could get caught up into the role of being human that um, you believe it's permanent and that it's a curse and that you're not in control of it. So my entire channeling Amalyn process is fundamental to these, um, these, oh, I guess they're foundational beliefs, right? That all of us as humans, we have a purpose on this planet. There's a reason for us to be here. And I ground myself into that reason. All of us have um, some kind of voice that encourages us when we face some kind of challenge. It could be the voice of somebody that we're bringing in, or it could be our own voice, or it could be whatever it is that says, keep going. You know, I always say our Jiminy Cricket, our conscious. We all... Uh, imagine we all have thoughts um, in, throughout your day your brain is telling you stuff so that's my space of creation is really I just allow what I'm telling myself to come through but it's channeled through my counsel so I'm getting answers from them so nothing that comes through is negative I use four seven eight breaths to center myself because only in the now can you hear Right. If you're doing stuff or you're thinking about the future or the past, then you're playing the record. Um, it's in the silence that the answers come. So I take four, seven, eight breaths to center me into the present moment. And I remove my ego. My ego I represent as a candle, a flaming candle. And I remove that from my um, focus by pulling it through my body and to the right. The ego is like a paperclip. Right. It basically is your identity as you have chosen today and today and today. Every day you, your ego is just a compilation of who you are at that moment in time. And it resists change, of course, because there must be some continuity in, in order for other people to interact with you. Right. So I'm going to go ahead and take my four, seven, eight breaths and then center myself and go into that space. And I'm just going to ask some questions. Um, I don't even know what's going to come up. Some days I ask what's in my highest good. Today, I, I guess I'm just struggling with time, the monotony of life. You know, it just keeps going forever. And you're like, when can I get off of this ride just to take a break? I guess that's what I'm feeling is the monotony. All right, here we go. Four, seven, eight breaths. First breath is always a doozy. Hold it. <sighs> Exhale again. drop into this present moment. I'm going to go ahead and ground my roots, see them twirling around the trees, the roots of the trees next to me and the moss that's covering them up through the trunk of the tree, through my body and to the treetops. I see Teresa and my space of creation in the middle 
And on the right-hand side, there's my council. And my council, they're all sitting down. Oh, no, the one at the very end is standing up. So I have four sitting down, one standing up. And then um, there's my space of everything and nothing. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and see my candle, my ego. Mine shows up as an Ebenezer Scrooge kind of candle on a plate with a ring to hold it. I'm going to bring that through my body to the right. I set it down on this wall that's next to me, visually, in my, in my imagination. And I acknowledge I'll come back for it. I just don't need it in this process because I'm working on the, the foundation programming. Okay, I'm going to turn to my council. And I like to just say what is in my highest good to know today. And then listen and see what comes through. So what is in Amelin's highest good to know today? And I turn to the center in the space of creation. And I just listen. So I get a chair, like those metal chairs that they have at events, like a um, any kind of outdoor picnic. They use these metal chairs. They're like folding chairs. And I see one of them in the center of the room and I'm sitting on it like sideways and I can, and I'm like going from one side looking to flipping around and looking at the other side. So I am turning in the chair from side to side, looking to the left, looking to the right. It's funny because I can feel the cold of the chair through my pants. <laughs> like I'm sitting on the chair, but I can feel the chair's cold. It's so funny. Okay, so um, I'm sitting in this chair. Sorry, I need to focus. Let me remove my ego again, just so I make sure. All right. It's almost like I feel like I'm waiting for something. Waiting, longing. Oh, okay, I get it. So here it is. So um, how do I explain this? Somebody's coming to pick you up, right? And they say that they'll be there in um, 30 minutes. And in 28 minutes, you're sitting and you're waiting because you know that they're coming. You're, you're, you have it confirmed. It is here. Um, well, they're going to be here. You have nothing in your, in your um, mind that would even make you doubt that they're coming. So at 28 minutes, you're ready. You're sitting, waiting for them. Those two minutes until they arrive seem like an eternity because of the contrast to the waiting to what you're expecting. So when the waiting began... The expectation was that it would be a while. So with that expectation, um, it, there was a patience. But when the time got to almost to the moment of arrival, then the expectation was intensified because I was closer to the goal. So my expectation was higher. My energy in calling it forth was higher. Um, and so those two minutes can feel like two years because it's like the difference between patiently waiting, knowing that there's no reason to get excited yet 
to, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, it's now, it's now, it's now, it's now, it's now. I can't wait, I can't wait, I can't wait. There's Because it's like the feeling of what's arriving is right there. So it's more intense. And the waiting is a lot shorter. So it's not expecting that I'm going to wait two years anymore. It's expecting that I'm going to wait two minutes. And so my energy is, is a lot more like, all right, all right, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. So I can, can see it. I can feel it. I can taste it. It's right there. It's like a little kid waiting to open up their presence. There's this energy and that energy is needed. That energy is, is the excitement. That energy is the glue. The energy is what, what brings that last leg of momentum. And that's what I'm feeling. And sometimes it can cause anxiety if it's misunderstood. Oh. I keep getting like an apprehension. It's not like an apprehension. It's a expectation. Oh, I do. I have an apprehension to my expectation because I know everything's going to change. And that brings an excitement. When I say everything's going to change, it's funny because I don't have any fear at all. It's like, all right, well, let's bring it. Let's change. I'm ready. I'm always ready for another adventure, another excitement, another expression of life. Oh, okay. So this is what happens. I've been on this car ride for a while and I'm ready for another adventure. And I can tell that it's coming. I can feel that presence, I guess, is what it's like. It's like, I know this is going to sound really weird, but I'm also in virtual reality. And when you're in virtual reality, your entire um, life disappears in the 3D world, right? You're living it, your consciousness voyages to this other space. But you have a faint understanding that your body's on the outside. And sometimes when you forget and then it comes back, like if somebody touches you, or you touch a wall, or like the temperature changes, that and your consciousness snaps back into your physical body, there's this like mm, jarring kind of, um, and I don't know if it's emotional, sensational, that's what it is, it's a sensation, it's a jarring sensation. And so, I'm expecting, or it's almost like I'm waiting for this jarring sensation to come because I've lost, <gasps> I've lost the connection with the old pattern and now I'm moving into the new pattern and there's this weird space of almost like silence. That's what it feels like. Like, um, it's funny because now it's using the VR pictures because I went into VR, uh, my imagination, I guess. So now I'm getting the VR pictures. So it's like going into another world and sometimes between worlds, they have like changeovers, right? So it becomes black or you become in a, you sometimes sit in a 3D architectural holding space. <coughs> and that's what it feels like. I'm in this transition of this changing the scenes. And I'm like, yay, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I don't want to go back. I have no desire of going back. Okay. The, okay, so this, let's just say that this emotion that I was feeling and I didn't understand has now been labeled. And now it's like, a, uh, oh, that's all. Okay, I get it. I can wait with that. I can hold in that space. 
understanding the emotion allows the flowing of the emotion for my mind. Okay. All right. So now I'm going to ask another question. Um, the question with writing the book. So I am struggling with receiving the information to write. Um, I'm just going to put it that. So um, I need information regarding my writing process and to understand the block. I'm going to turn to this space of creation and just focus on my writing process. immediately right away I got on the other side of the looking glass so this is something that I received before as a message in order to write um, so I don't struggle with my ego my ego is not the writer my ego is the judger of the writing based on what my expectations are so I cannot write from the space of ego I must write from the other side of the veil like Alice in the looking glass it's it's you're on the other side observing so it comes through me, not to me. So um, coming through me is like in my channeling process where I'm just narrating that which is. I'm not trying to um, perform, show up. I'm not trying to conform that which I receive into an image. I'm just receiving and narrating, receiving and narrating. And so my process of writing is receiving and narrating and getting my ego out of the way and just that which comes through put down and don't allow the judgments to come. That can be done in a process of editing. Okay. So it's almost like I have to write from a space of channeling Amelins to get in my space and then write from there. And I can see myself like typing with my, it's funny because my eyes are always closed. It's almost like don't look at the words as they show up on the page. Just allow them to flow. I'm just watching that process. So I'm sitting at the table and I'm writing but I have gotten into channel, so I'm kind of like sitting like I do when I'm in my big red chair and my fingers are on the keyboards, my eyes are closed and I'm just typing and I'm just typing like I'm talking right now. I'm just allowing it to flow. I'm not judging, going, that sounds stupid. I don't get that. I don't understand. I'm not criticizing. It's just a, um, a narration of that which is coming through. Okay. It's almost like I feel like I should do this outside of the work with Teresa as well. Like, so now that I see this process, it's almost what comes with it is an urge to just sit with a blank document, put my hands on the keyboard, get centered, close my eyes and just type. Don't even um, really look at it. Just type. And then that which comes through is that which is intended to be messing to be received. Okay. I'll try that. Okay. So now, um, I have 
I keep saying like the word students keep coming in my head over and over again. So I'm going to ask in regards to helping my students. So how can I be more productive or more um, helpful in their unfolding as well? Hmm. I need to read their stories, um, know their stories, meet with them one-on-one. -on -one. Okay, so I'm going to meet with, uh, yeah, so I got to know their stories one-on-one. -on -one. It's funny because now I'm sitting in this chair and I'm looking at this other chair and all of my students just are coming through one by one, like their faces just are popping up. And it's like me sitting with each one going, all right, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? It's funny because as they sit there, um, things show above their head. Like, I don't know how to explain what shows. Like a book, like um, a pair of tennis shoes. A, like objects appear above their head. Uh, uh, okay. I'm just watching like this, the person sits and then right above their head becomes an object. It's almost like, oh, I've seen this before where they have things floating above their head that tell you something about their identity. It's like... Uh, virtual or some kind of augmented reality. Okay. Wow. All right. Somehow I just slipped out and I'm in some other. I want to say like it's a world. Like a created world. This is not like a 3D world that I've been in. It's almost like a purple. I'm getting a lot of purple right now. Um purple trees, purple grass, purple house. I have like this world is violet or indigo or, you know, like not, not just purple. There's so many different other colors in this version of purple. I'm getting like a tickle feeling too, like inside of my um, chest, like by my heart. Um, how do I explain the tickle? It's like, like if a feather was caressing my heart, like, you know how you can kind of feel something, but you can't. Yeah. It's like a tickle. It's not like really, it's touching me like a feather touching it, like something like a wisp Oh, it's like the wind blows on your arms, right? And your hair moves and it feels like, kind of gives you goosebumps. It's the kind of feeling, but it's like on my heart. Getting goosebumps on my heart. Or that tickle feeling that causes them. I don't know what that actually represents. So I'm going to ask for clarification. Ah, here comes the auroras. Those purples all of a sudden got blended with greens and yellows and pinks and all these different colors came in, like the aurora borealis that I see. 
and mixing in this purple world. But I don't understand exactly the significance of it. These, these colors are emotions, though. There's something about the colors that I can feel. So I can feel that purple all over my body. Um, the, I don't know how to explain it. It's almost like every different color has a different emotion. Or just a different experience with a different emotion tied to it. Yeah. Variety. Here's a variety of emotions. So purple is the foundation. I'm sitting in the purple. And then the auroras are, are like in the sky that I'm looking at. But each one represents another experience of another emotion. Uh, I kind of don't like this. I'm going to like, my eyes are going to tear up. Because I feel a little overwhelmed. There's like a lot of different emotions here. And they just like whirl through me. So I don't know if they are my own. They feel like they like touch me and then I get hit with this big emotion and then I'm like, ah, get away, get away. <laughs> like I don't like some of them. Okay, so this is the interesting thing. It's like showing me that the emotions are just an experience, but then I experience them, but then I have a resistance to them as they come too. But then it's like just experience it. But okay, I'm not I'm I'm going to sit in this emotion, but I can already feel the nauseous nausea coming. It's like this emotion that's it's sitting on my left and it's a color of I want to say like pinks um, yellows and purples. Like it's a, a mixture of a bunch of different colors together, but those are the prominent ones. There's yellow, there's pink, and there's this, um, this one's like a dark purple. And, um, I feel nauseous. Like it's in my stomach. Oh shit. Okay. So this is an emotion of the student that's sitting in front of me. I don't like it. I kind of feel, um, overwhelmed. Oh, are my students overwhelmed? Okay. So maybe I'll back off a little bit because I do feel just like, it's almost like I, I need time. Like I need more time to process through this nauseous feeling. It's okay. It's going too quickly. Oh, this feels so nauseous. Oh my gosh. I'm not used to this feeling. It's like you ate something bad, but it's not yet getting to the point that you're going to purge it up, but almost, like almost right before that reaction. That's the intensity of this nauseous feeling. It's like right before you purge. 
Okay, just give me a little bit more clarity over this emotion. Yeah. So I'm seeing myself in a like computer lab with my students. And it's... Okay. Ugh. Okay, I'm going to... Um, so I'm getting the message to ground. So I'm going to take a version of myself with this nausea, like this nausea, um, and ground it. So I'm seeing myself with this purpley, pinky, like yellow emotion in my tummy. And I'm going to root myself. So I'm seeing roots grow out of me and grab into the ground. Oh, the sky just turned like this bright, bright yellow. Okay, I know what I'm doing. All right. Um, so right away when I grounded like that, I got um, the information about meditation and um, working through the emotional change process. Okay, so I can do that. I can stop... Um, we're moving really quickly through what desires you want in life and then go into how to get them. But I guess this is, this is the way that I'm, I'm receiving it is before I go from what you want to how to get it, acknowledge the emotional piece of it, the, the, the journey of the emotional change that you go through. Okay. So that's, I can do meditation, um, talk about the emotional um, experiences and what causes, how we process. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Okay, so now I'm just being, I'm like getting the download of all the information I know regarding this change process. Okay, I can do this. Ugh, that nauseous feeling. Oh, okay. And then it kind of moves up. And I get this, like, green on my heart. Um, like, flash. A green flash on my heart. Okay. And I'm out. Okay. So let me now process this from a worldly point sitting here and, and how do I incorporate this into my day? Okay. So I understand the emotional aspect I'm experiencing with time. I'm anticipating this change coming and it's really close. So I'm excited and um, that's the energy is more intense. I got that. So I can wait through my own emotions. Then with my students... I totally understand this nauseous feeling. There's all when when you're letting go. The process of letting go is kind of uh, discombobulating. You know, you're trying to let go piece of your identity that you believed were you. That disconnect process can be a little bit um, rattling. Is the word I want to say? It could be a little bit um, uncentering. Um, a little chaotic. Depends on your resistance. 
If you resist a change that you're making, then you can feel like you're fighting yourself. Which, believe me, I have lived in that space of fighting myself through change. It's not a very pleasant one. So I'm going to sit with patience. Visit emotional response. Slow down with my students. I got this. I don't feel highly energized right now. I can tell you the walk away emotion that I am having is more reserved. It's like the excitement I'm holding is being transferred. And I, oh, okay. The excitement in my own life that I'm having and being on the other side of the journey is being transferred when I'm teaching my students to the beginning of the journey. Oh, I get it. I need to change the energy um, of the expression or the pace. All right. This is the artistry that really comes from teaching, I think, too, is, yes, you have plans and you have um, experiences that you want the students to have, right? Because we learn through experiences. But the reality of a student's experience is so far out of our understanding, right? We can test, like in my PhD program, basically what you could do is you test a, a significantly, a statistically significant number, I don't know, maybe 250 people, and you test your process with them. And then it's like, out of these 250, this is what the data we found. And then we extrapolate it to mean, oh, this must mean everybody, right? Um, of course, that's not the way the data is meant to be used. It's supposed to meant to be compiled little bit by little bit by little bit until you have, you know, many, 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 many people in that same subject. But we just don't get to replication studies and we don't get to um, those big numbers a lot in research. So we just research a little group and then we um, extrapolate that to the many. And in the process of unfolding, it's so very personal to every person, every individual, that it's not um, in alignment with expectations, no matter what expectations I hold. I need to remain open and allow the authentic process of the student to come through. Yeah. I think that maybe I'm trying to um, institutionalize the process too much and I'm not getting giving as much individual attention. Okay, I can do that. Start seeing each student specifically and their gifts specifically, their process specifically rather than just as a class. Okay, I can start doing that. All right, let's go start the day. Got a little bit more understanding of what's going on inside of my body, inside of my mind, and where my focus is. So this is the channeling process. It's just about an hour I spend with myself every day. And I'm hoping to encourage other people to do it as well. 
If I just said, hey, just spend an hour with yourself, people are going to be like, and what am I supposed to do in that hour? And I'm like, well, talk to yourself. Get to know yourself. Um, ask questions and surrender into the answers. Um, that's not quite enough for somebody that's never had the experience of it. So this visualization process is designed to help people get on the path of finding their own process. And then they begin channeling themselves. I don't care how it is, you know, whatever works for that person. My sister runs. Um, I tried am- channeling Amelin on the move and I, I tried. I do, <laughs> when I say try now, it does, it's a word that doesn't work because I know it's infallible. I did Amelin, channeling Amelin on the move a couple times, but it just doesn't call to me something I have to force, but she runs as part of her meditation. So her channeling process might be in the midst of running, but there's like, just, you go through this routine of getting to know yourself, this routine of getting your questions answered, this understanding that the negativity comes through you from yourself. So you start to hone into the dysfunctional programming in your own brain, right? And that's all it is. It's kind of like you can extract that which doesn't work for you and leave that which does and add to it joy and creativity. Um, But everybody has their own process. I'm to the point in writing the book, too, that we were questioning whether we should have um, prototypes, like people actually try it and then give their perspective on the process. So a couple people have been invited to try to work through it for us. Um, but it, it, this is interesting. It's like a little laboratory, right? Starting to unfold and how this is all going to work. I get it. I get it. It's progression. And I understand my desire to pop through to that other side on this one challenge. It's there. The excitement, the energy. Okay. I got this. So I'm going to go and quickly shower because I procrastinated and it's like 10 o'clock and I've got to get to campus. So I'm going to shower and get ready and, and go meet my students and be more aware of each of them individually rather, rather than just the collective. That will be my intention today. Yes. All right. Um, we'll do it again. I do channeling Amelin um, a couple times a week. I normally do like Mondays, Wednesdays. I'll probably do a Saturday or something this week. And then, um, yeah, so we'll see you again or hear you again or talk to you again. What are we going to do? We're going to reunite again in a day or so.